Hello, this is Ben Peterson from Politics Weekly. Today we're going to be talking about a variety of things, but mainly we're going to be speaking about, of course, Judge Katanji Brown-Jackson and her Senate hearings, um, as well as some inaccurate claims made by senators on that hearings. So that is what are we going to be discussing today. And other than that... Um, there's nothing too much to go about other than that, but we will talk about some of the things that, about her. So, Katanji Brown-Jackson um, is uh, Joe Biden's Supreme Court nominee to replace Justice Stephen Breyer, who will retire at his end of the Supreme Court nominee. She has a JD from... Harvard University and graduated with honors and was the vice chair of the U.S. Sentencing Commission for four years and was judged to the di- to the district court and then was later nominated to the Circuit Court of Appeals under President Biden. Uh-huh. She has, in fact, received um, three... She's actually been in front of the Senate three times before this and each time she's received several bipartisan votes. Three senators um, voted for her to be a judge for the Circuit Court of Appeals. Three Republicans, Graham, Collins, and Murkowski. Though Graham seems unlikely to vote for her a fourth time, oddly enough. I'll discuss that. Um, So, in terms of the Senate testimony, um, there are a variety of people speaking. Um, The, of course, Chairman Dick Durbin and... Um, and a variety of members on the Judiciary Committee. But a few notable ones stuck out. One was, of course, Ted Cruz with his, I would say, odd and irrelevant um, display about a children's book speaking about racist babies that she was apparently on the board of a trustee that had that book in the library. Um, and, And it was a private school, by the way. So I don't understand that, but... I'm curious if this is more of just a political ploy to motivate their base ahead of the midterm elections. Although Republicans are leading the generic ballot and most polling, they're not as doing as well as they as that as they would hope. Thanks um, in comparison to Biden's approval rating. So I think they're trying to maybe hope that this will turn out their conservative base, or whether or not, and prevent it from liberal um, energizing the more liberal leaning voters as well. Um, so that's going to be interesting. In terms of... I did know that Senator Josh Hawley questioned her on child pornography cases and about not following the sentencing guidelines, but the thing is that, like, some nine, some, like, the v- majority of cases for child pornography and many other crimes from many other justices across the political spectrum do, in fact, uh, not follow the sentencing guidelines. And another thing that was interesting, that, um, Kataji Brown-Jackson mentioned in her hearings, um, was that, um, there are other punishments, sometimes restricting computer use, for example, besides child pornography, um, despite detention for child pornography. Um, so, due to that, um, Business Insider called these claims baseless. Um, I think even National Review, a conservative-leaning magazine, uh, 
criticized his claim, so did Vox. Mm -hmm. And so did an analyst at CNN. And many more experts have said that um, it was out of context um, and without merit. Um, people at the Business Insider, um, analysts told the Business Insider. So that's going to be... So it does seem like he may... He's not really doing this in order to ask valid questions, if you ask me, and more of doing this to probably enjoy publicity, I would suspect. Okay, another thing that we're going to be speaking about in terms of the Senate testimony, she did seem to be praised um, by many Democrats. Republicans seem to be mostly focusing on attacking her on critical race theory and transgender issues rather than any notable rulings except for those child pornography cases there are by the way 570 opinions that she's written so there are many different opinions one thing i found notable was senator lindsey graham who in fact voted for her not too long ago about like seven months seven eight months ago like not long ago at all like right before the middle of the summer when the afghanistan withdrawal happened um so he voted for jackson I'm curious why he's voting against her, um, why it seems like he's going to vote against her based off of some of the opinions and statements that he's made in his hostility towards her about Kate, about her arguing in favor of a brief that failed and on behalf of Gitmo detainees. Um, well, the thing is, um, I do understand that... Um, that maybe some people could have valid concerns about um, her her on Gitmo detainees, but at the same time, you know, one case isn't enough to be so hostile, I think, in the same way that Graham was, and also to, you know, if you're involved in prosecuting a case, you've probably argued at least one or two that have failed. So, especially when you're prosecuting 570 cases and has been in public practice for a very long time, including at private law firms, and graduated at law school, I believe, in, like, around the 90s or so. So, yeah, I don't understand, but nonetheless. And I did find her testimony remarkably candid about the answers that she um, gave, I thought, were very straightforward. Um, if you look at the Senate hearings, uh, there was a, an interesting exchange between her and Senator Ben Sass of Nebraska, Ben Sast asked about her interpretation of the Constitution, of whether it was a originalist perspective or a perspective of what Breyer and Ginsburg and some other justices um, and notable judges have done is they considered the, orig the original content, but they also considered the language in terms of a modern pretext rather than at the time it was written and they consider it how it would define under modern standards. So that is the thing. In the end of the day, um, there was also a variety of... In terms of notable rulings she has made, she did make one. Uh, she's made two on immigration, and she's made several on labor relations issues. The labor relations issues... Um, has gotten some criticizing from Republicans about her standing too much on 
unions, but there wasn't much of that discussion in the Senate testimony. The most focus was her potentially being on what they described as soft punk crime. If you ask me, in my opinion, I would say that is complete nonsense. Because she has been endorsed by the Fraternal Order of Police and many other law enforcement organizations and attorneys by both sides of the aisle. So, I don't understand why they would be making that claim other than if it's just a way of a midterm strategy. I do understand, however, that, you know, crime is on the rise and nobody's denying that. But their claims are inaccurate. Um, and so... There was an interesting, in 2019, there was a case about Trump's attempt to build at least some parts of a border wall, um, and, or a border fence, depending on who you ask, um, and environmental groups sued to block it. She actually ruled in favor of the Department of Homeland Security in that um, case, and saying that the continuing construction of the structures could continue and because there's no constitutional violation of, of what the environmental groups were suing that would continue however on another case she um she um blocked a trump administration rule that would um do something called fast track deportations which would basically deport migrants who they suspect are illegal aliens without any prosecution or trial, and she ruled that to be unconstitutional, um, and that was what she ruled under the current legal immigration guidelines. Um, so those are some notable rulings. She has been, other than, for most part, in terms of crime and other issues, she seems pretty moderate, I would say, and most of her rulings pretty down the middle. The only thing that I think she leans a bit more liberal on is labor issues in terms of things like um, union rights and collective bargaining, though. I'm sure that those cases would be a bit more minor, but still would be an issue nonetheless for maybe some Republicans to bring up because many of them favor anti-union policies. Many of them, but not all. Um, and in terms of that, nothing much other than she's made it she has she has actually been um pretty um she's been pretty um transparent i think in her questions and but one thing i saw interesting in her what a few senate two senators in particular from southern states did and that was senator blackburn and senator cotton blackburn asked whether or not she would define what a woman was which I'm curious if Blackburn was answering on that, that question on the basis of sex or the basis of gender, which even the NIH, by the way, has said that sex and gender are different. So I'm not sure if uh, Senator Blackburn understands that, and also that is kind of irrelevant, um, if you ask me. In terms of the... In terms of the issues around the impeachment inquiry, this did get some... I guess people criticize her on this about when she, um, when a, ha during the impeachment inquiries, uh, the House Committee on the Judiciary sued Don McGahn for a White House cancel for the Trump administration for not complying with the House's subpoena, and she ruled that they would have to comply with that, um, subpoena, and she wrote a 120-page opinion piece on that, so... Um, yeah, it's very long. So, yep. 
So there's, it's a very complex record that she has. Um, yep. She is replacing a liberal justice named Stephen Breyer, a liberal-leaning justice, though some has, um, has said that she lacks the same pragmatism as um, Stephen Breyer. To me, um, I would say that is nonsensical lunacy. But I understand that she probably... I do understand the perspective that she is a little bit more liberal than Justice Breyer, though the difference is so marginal that it probably will make almost no notable impact, to be totally honest. And it would be very minor, if any, impact um, on the current balance of power of the court. Um, so that's what I can determine right now. Senator Tom Cotton, I touched on earlier, who voted against um, Ketanji Brown-Jackson. He said in an interview with Fox News before Biden has even announced his Supreme Court pick, and I believe Childs and Brett Jackson and Kruger and a few others were on his shortlist for an associate justice tenure on the Supreme Court. And on that Fox News interview, she's, um, um, no, Khan said that he was fearful that Biden would nominate what he described as a left-wing ideologue. Um, and during the Senate testimony, uh, I thought... Um, Cotton answered bizarre questions that I suspected that she probably wouldn't know the answer to if I had a guess, but I don't know. Um, I don't know what uh, Khan was doing, but um, what he did was he asked her about um, did she know how long the average sentence was for a murder, and whether or not she, did she personally believe that that sentence was too high or too minimal, and... At, and then asked, how would you rule on those cases if you're a Supreme Court on a murder case, whether the X amount of years is too long? And then she she met, she, were, she refrained from that question, saying that this is this will be decided on a case-by-case -case basis based off of what the sentencing guidelines that Congress requires to be taken in, into consideration, as well as the Sentencing Commission's opinions case-by-case case that Congress also requires to be looked at is what her response was mainly focusing on to Senator Cotton. Tom Cotton is the junior United States Senator from Arkansas. Um, and she won't, um, she won't, even if she's confirmed, say, to, she, even if she's confirmed, say, in a week, she won't take her tenure, her lifetime tenure, until um, about the summer after Justice Breyer steps down at the end of the current Supreme Court term. So, yep. And she has some very minor rulings. These are probably not going to get brought up about things like um, about ADA requirements in prisons and a U.S. Department of Agriculture ruling about the um, about a meat company countersuing the USDA about um, regulations surrounding meat packing products potentially violating the First Amendment, which she ruled did not. Other than yeah, those are pretty minor cases um, and liability about a flight crash. Other than that, not much. Um, she is a member of the Judicial Conf Committee on Defendant Services and currently serves on the board of a private academic school named Georgetown Day School. And she also has spoken at the University of Georgia School of Law and was honored at the University of Chicago Law School. 
at a legacy dinner. And she has a few children, and I believe if she would be confirmed that she would be the first Supreme Court Justice since Thurgood Marshall to be a public defender on the Supreme Court. And she would also be um, a mother as well, um, and having several children. Um, so that would be pretty interesting and pretty historic. Uh-huh. And what I found interesting was what McConnell and a few other Republicans asked her was whether or not she um, supports or opposes the expansion of the Supreme Court. Whether or not she supports or opposes that. If you ask me that question, doesn't make much sense because, as you know, Congress is in deciding how many seats are on the Supreme Court, not the Supreme Court justices. They don't get to decide that, so this case has no relevance. I think they were trying to do that. She didn't answer that question and didn't decline to comment. Um, I believe once Senator asked her about that. But she, their basic, I think their goal, rather, was not to answer an actual question, but was rather to use this as a political strategy to paint her as some sort of extremist in many ways. I'm not sure how well it worked, because it is, to be honest, irrelevant. But it, they used it nonetheless. Um, and... And and Senator Lindsey Graham didn't necessarily attack uh, Jackson's judicial records on many occasions, and rather attacked um, groups that were supporting her nomination, um, progressive groups in particular, what he described as progressive dark money groups. Um, and that's what he discussed. What he claimed was dark money groups, uh, what Senator Graham was speaking about. I think it's hypocritical, but um, after all, they've nominated several justices uh, who voted in overturning McCain-Feingold, which was, of course, or the Bipartisan Campaign Reform Act, or BICRA. Um, they ruled it was unconstitutional due to the First Amendment. The case is widely controversial and widely criticized by many Democrats and many Republicans like McCain, for example, who authored that bipartisan legislation about campaign finance reform laws. So, that will be interesting. Um, in terms of anything else, um, nothing much going on besides that. Um, of course, it's going to be very interesting to see what this type of hearing, I believe, I only watched the second day, actually, and there was a first day and there was a third day, and I believe they're going to have another 10 hours on the fourth day, and that's going to be a non-public hearing, so I won't have access to that one, of course. Unless if I, yeah, unless if I all of a sudden become a United States Senator and serve on the Judiciary Committee, which is not going to happen, by the way. At least right now. So, that is all I have to say. I think it sums up pretty well about her biography and what the senators were asking questions about. Um... The most notable in questions probably came from Cruz and Holly, um, but uh, there were also some notable questions, pretty tough questions, I would say, asked by um, Democratic senators like Senator Blumenthal and Senator um, Dick Durbin about some of her um, about some of her rulings and awareness of the law at the time, and I think that was very good. And many people praised her the way she's handled it. The person who I believe is helping over her confirmation hearing is, in fact, a former civil rights lawyer 
and former Democratic Senator from Alabama, Doug Jones. So that's going to be interesting. Um, other than that, um, I don't have much to speak about, though, but one of my listeners from Maricopa County, Arizona, is wondering about the so-called audit or ballot review. I don't know if it's even appropriate to call it rather rather than it was just a partisan exercise, but um, that wasted about $6 million in tax money. But I don't know if there's much going on about that. I hear they want to get some access of these so-called routers, which the Republican member of the Maricopa County uh, Board of Supervisors pointed out, rightfully, that these weren't actually... that these complaints, complaints about the routers are inaccurate because the machines are connected to the internet and the routers that the state senate wants to subpoena are in fact um, law enforcement documents so that could reveal highly sensitive information to uh, people and many people have criticized the cyber ninjas the independent firm that ran the audit as unprofessional um, for example using blue pens for example um, which could potentially be used to mark the ballots and potentially invalidate them that was caught by an Arizona Republican reporter. They claimed that the tabulation equipment could only read black pens, but that was false. They could read black and blue pens, as, um, so that was wrong. So, And there was also questions about an unattended security gate, a cell phone brought on the, on the floor, all detailed in the Arizona Secretary of State's report. Um, I bet there's going to be some post-litigation and lawsuits surrounding the Maricopa County's audit, and also, of course, um, there was actually a hearing in front of the House Oversight Committee where two members, two Republican members of the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors and the State Senate liaison for the Arizona um, Audit, former Secretary of State Ken Bennett of Arizona, um, testified about the issues surrounding the audit. Other than that, um, I don't have much to comment on. I... Hope you have all, all have a wonderful night, and keep up to date, keep listening, and form conclusions of your own, but get past the noise, so good night.